This is the Teaching and Learning Podcast from the Centre for Teaching, Learning and Innovation at Lethbridge College in Southern Alberta, Canada. Located on the traditional lands of the Blackfoot Confederacy, it is the intent of our college community to honour the land from a place of connection and provide an avenue for us all to come together in a holistic way to share stories and learn from each other. Tune in, hit play, and get inspired as guests share their stories and ideas on the dynamic, ever-changing landscape of education, teaching, and learning. I am Donna McLaughlin, a learning experience designer in the Centre for Teaching, Learning, and Innovation at Lethbridge College, and I am the host of the Teaching and Learning Podcast. Welcome to Episode 10 of the Learning Innovation Podcast. Today is the third installment of our international mini-series. My partner in conversation for this episode is Edna Stobshinsky. Edna is an international student from Mexico, and I'm going to be talking to her about what she's studying, why she chose to study in Canada and in Lethbridge, her student experience during this pandemic year, and her role in the Lethbridge College Student Association. It's great to have a chance to talk to you today, Edna. This is the first time that we've had a current Lethbridge College student on the podcast, and I'm very excited to hear your story and learn more about your role in the Lethbridge College Student Association. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Donna. It's a huge pleasure to be here, and I'm very honored. So thank you so much for the invitation. (laughs) So Mexico is a very beautiful country. Um, I've had a chance to travel there twice. And, but I'm wondering, what is it like growing up there? It's, it's beautiful. You know, it's, I really like my country because it has so much culture-wise. There's just so many different traditions in different parts of the country. So you can go to the north, to uh, southeast, southwest center, and you can find a huge variety of uh, celebrations, dishes, because, you know, food is really important, right? It sounds like you've traveled within Mexico quite a bit. Um, Before coming to be a student in Canada, had you traveled outside of Mexico? Yeah, um, I had only visited the United States before I have family there. And uh, yeah, I went there when I was a child in my um, mid-teens. And uh, I completed my senior year of high school there. I was staying at a at an uncle's place. And it was, it was great. It was a huge experience. It helped me improve my English. <laughs> so it was, it was great. <laughs> And so from finishing high school in the United States, did you go back to Mexico to start post-secondary there or what brought you to Canada to study? Uh, So once I graduated uh, from high school, I went back to Mexico and um, I had always wanted to become a doctor and biology has always been a big passion of mine. So, and it's also kind of like a family lineage, um, (laughs) maybe custom. Um, So my dad is a doctor, my mom is a nurse. And usually chats during lunchtime because lunchtime is a very important part of of Mexican culture. So it's usually when family gather 
uh, yeah, when family gathers around um, and, uh, you know, get together at the table. So talking about mm, my parents' day at work was pretty common and we got to learn about um, different things, right, around the medical area. So, so yeah, I had thought of, about that, about doing that as a career. So once I came back to Mexico, I got enrolled in med school and I really enjoyed it. But at some point, you know, a, a part of me wanted to do something different. So it, it caused a, a different spin, <laughs> but um, I'm glad I took it. And one of that is environmental science. So uh, was there a little bit of family pressure to go in the medical direction? Mm, I would say yes, but you know, it, it's like a 50, 50, there was always that expectation of me becoming a doctor, but I really enjoyed it. So it wasn't too much of a pain, <laughs> right? So yeah, it, it's both a little bit of both. So you are in your second year of the renewable resource diploma. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes. <laughs> So I'm going to go back to your, your studies that you're taking. Renewable resource management is not um, a, a subject that has as many international students as maybe some other programs do. What made you decide to choose that program? So I've always had a huge passion for biology, and maybe I was already familiarized with it because of my family background. You know, education also has had a huge impact in me. Um, just learning about the environment and um, how how we how we greatly impacted, really. Um, and I, again, I, I really like traveling, and uh, I do enjoy the the culture side of things and being in being in big places, being in cities, and um, see what people do with nature, but really just enjoying nature itself is, is, it's like my, my, my place to be, it makes me feel in peace and, um, in, in balance with myself, I, I would say. So actually before taking the renewable resource management diploma, I was thinking about taking the practical nursing program, just like my brother is. I have a another brother here and he's also studying at the college um and you know just build that pathway towards med school again you know I wanted to do something different and I guess it's also that pressure always coming because I'm also the oldest child in my family I'm the oldest of five so uh I I thought to myself well you I know I would be happy doing med you know becoming a doctor or becoming a nurse but it's also that expectation that I've always, it's always been put on me. So I was like, you know what, I, I'm going to try something different. I'm going to do something that it's important to me um, that revolves, of course, biology, but also something that is important for everyone, really. And, and, and you know, not a lot of people are given the attention to the environment that it should have. So uh, that's why I went for it. And it was not easy at the beginning for my parents to sink that in, but at the end they accepted it and they supported me, especially my dad. So I'm very grateful for that. 
That's wonderful. And sometimes you don't know what else is out there until you have a chance to try it out and have a look and find out. So that's great that you've explored that way. Has there been anything about the program that has really surprised you? I knew it was heavily related to biology and I was pretty much expecting that, but maybe because how biology or biological studies branch out here in Canada are a little bit different, um, maybe. Um, it's different from Mexico. So um, at the beginning, I had this idea of doing restoration and learning about renewable energy and uh, that sort of thing, more like site remediation and stuff like that. But the, the renewable resource management program is leaned more towards biology, which I'm you know, I'm happy with it. I, I am very happy. Yeah, it's it's very specific. So uh, to me, that's actually a huge advantage because a student who decides to specialize in something can already do that, take that sp specific path towards what they actually want. So it's it's a huge advantage, but it, it is different from from back home so yeah <laughs> so you're getting a um a more in-depth look at the field and kind of closer experiences with the subject exactly so um in canada hunting and fishing is pretty common um you know a lot of people go go out fishing or you know they know lots of people who do you know you walk by lakes here in the winter time you see ice fishing tents out on the lake. What is that experience like in Mexico? Is that the same? So um, hunting, fishing, camping, anything outdoorsy is not huge, really. And that was one of the things that greatly impressed me when I uh, came here, um, especially when I started going to school, because I realized that many of my fellow classmates were um, heavily interested in these activities and um, they did have a very generous um, vision of, um, of the environment, of nature, the species that are out there. And um, it, I guess it's a huge advantage, but I could not understand why they would do those activities if one of the purposes of our studies is to conserve them, right? So I was very biased at the beginning, but eventually I learned that these activities actually help uh, with conservation. So all of all of the uh, regulations and, and fees that people pay to do these activities, licenses and such, um, it helps with the funding. So I, I was, you know, it was a huge change in my mindset, but it's, it's, it's great. It's incredible. And that's, that's very different. And also um, even uh, consuming meat from hunting any animal, it's actually more environmentally friendly uh, compared to just buying meat at the, at the supermarket. So, Hey, we we definitely want to protect the environment and the the huge impact we're we're causing, especially with all the mass production and and the greenhouse gases and all the waste that we create because of that. So um, now now I'm 
I'm more at peace with myself, I guess. <laughs> and uh, yeah, gladly impressed. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a great connection that you made because I mean, we don't always think about that. We kind of take hunting and fishing for granted and, and probably the environment a bit for granted too. So that's, that's fantastic that you made that connection. Yeah. And people that do these activities, they do have a very deep connection with, with nature. It's not just the fact of going hunting and, and mentioning that, you know, I, I, I caught a very big fish or, or I, um, I harvested a big elk or I don't know. It's, it's not necessarily that it's really, we have those resources, right? Well, not, okay. I would not say we, but Canadians have those resources and that's, that's, it's wonderful. It's, it's, it's very nice to see that, that, that has value in it. Not all Canadians see that value too. So that's wonderful uh, that you've pointed that out. That's great. I want to switch streams a little bit here. The last 12 months have been challenging for, for students and Canadians and really probably everyone around the world with the pandemic. Um, can you talk a little bit about how that um, has affected you? or what your experience has been like during the pandemic? It's been like a roller coaster. <laughs> it's had its ups and downs, um, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic. So exactly a year ago, actually, I, I, I remember I was going to attend this conference with the Wildlife Society Club um, that I'm, I'm involved with. And uh, so the Alberta chapter of the Wildlife Society holds uh, an annual conference um, in different parts of Alberta. And uh, we were actually going to head out that that day uh, when they mentioned that the conference was canceled due to COVID. And of course, they, I'm pretty sure it was not an easy decision, but we couldn't go. And I guess there was a little bit of a disappointment, but uh, you know, we're, we're science people where we're, you know, we, we try to understand why we try to understand why things were the way they were and, and why those measures were taken, but, you know, we try to stay positive. So yeah, right after that, you know, we were recommended to stay in our homes um, and just transition from you know, one moment to the other, uh, to online, it was, um, again, I, I personally, I try to, I tried to take it the best way possible. Um, and I thought to myself, well, I'm going to be at home. I, I'm not going to have to spend or invest this much time in, um, you know, taking a shower in the morning, eating breakfast, and then head to class and, you know, all those things that, that you do, uh, before attending a class physically. So I thought, I, I told myself, well, I'm going to be so productive. I'm going to get so much work done. I'm going to stay on top of my notes and classes. And yes, I'm going to be so productive and I'm actually going to have time to work out because I didn't really have the time. And I was again, involved with the club and with other extracurricular activities. So I was like, yes, this is my time. <laughs> and after a week or two, it started becoming a little difficult. 
And actually I couldn't understand why. Then I started meditating about why instead of actually being very productive, I was, my, product, my productivity was actually declining. Okay, I, I, I guess there was a moment in which I, you know, I just sat down and started asking myself, okay, what's going on? What's happening? <laughs> Weren't you going to be this productive? Weren't you going to complete all these activities and stay on top of everything, right? So that's when I realized that the disruption in my daily routine of, you know, getting up in the morning, um, doing all those activities before I head to class, um, you know, get a, get that cortisol going in my body and, 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 and that natural, those natural processes that happen uh, after a person wakes up. Um, wearing, we're getting a little bit unbalanced. And, and not just that, also the interaction the, that I had with my classmates, with my instructors, with everything that happens in a regular basis. It is a little bit difficult to be away from people that I know, I, I guess, um, you know, just being away from friends, from family, people that you usually feel comfortable around and that trust and you can have a an open chat without worrying about saying, you know, I don't know, something that could be taken a wrong way, probably. Just it, it was just the interaction, even if I didn't have super long chats because I always try to stay focused with school and 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 being, I guess, academically successful. It it started impacting me and and my mental health really. It it and I it was until that moment that I understood why. And I I felt guilty at some point, actually. I was like, well, is, is this just only happening to me? Am I the only one that it's going crazy? And that was one part. The other one was the fact that back then I was living at the college residence. And uh, everybody just started leaving. I was one of the few people left that... Um, stayed in the college rest and it, it did it was it was tough seeing everyone leaving and going back home and, and going to their loved ones and seeing that I was not one of them and that I could not be visit the people that I love and care for it was tough it was it was a little tough <laughs> Yeah, that that's a pretty sad picture to, you know, think <laughs> about you by yourself in the residence. So, um uh, did you move out of the residence? Uh eventually I did. Um I, again, I don't I don't want to sound very depressing. It wasn't terrible at all. It was just uh it was different and I was my mind and my body were trying to adapt to all these circumstances. Um but uh, yeah, lucky enough, my brother was here. We were not living both at the residence, but we tried to visit each other from time to time um, and, uh, you know, try to stay in touch um, despite, again, all the situation going on. And I guess another thing that I forgot to mention that also impacted me greatly was uh the loss of my job. So I was working as a um, 
as a banquet server and well they had to shut down because um where i used to work at they work a lot with um different types of events so uh weddings and conferences and just um you know meetings that uh, companies have you know i was not gonna have i was not gonna earn money anymore and since I started studying, I try to do that just to not because my family could not support me, but I wanted to alleviate the, I guess, their expenses in me. And, you know, I, I've always been that way as well. Right. So I wanted to, to be, you know, a, a responsible oldest child. <laughs> so, so yeah, that was, that was one thing. Um, but, you know, eventually things change and you know there's there's a saying that we have in Mexico that there's no there isn't something bad that will last a hundred years essentially things things have a way of balancing out yeah exactly so what were some positives that you have taken from the experience over the last year one of the greatest positive positives um that I got from the pandemic is getting to know myself better um, in very different ways, um, like emotionally, personally, my relationships with my friends, um, with my family, with myself. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been huge for my personal growth. Also, I guess it was good timing in, in a sense, um, the elections for the executive positions had already uh, concluded by that time. So at the beginning of COVID, I was already notified that I uh, was elected as the new vice president of student life at the Students Association. So that was a huge weight of my shoulders because there was like a 15 day window in which I had lost my job at my uh, previous workplace. And then uh, being part of the Students Association was was a blessing really it was a huge weight of my shoulders but um it was it was it was difficult but it was good and uh i i made it through and um i, I don't want to sound arrogant <laughs> but i am proud of myself for that <laughs> and you should be absolutely <laughs> that's that's a great accomplishment and and i um understand that you uh, have some more accomplishments, but we will dive into those. Uh, we'll dive into those a little bit later, because um, I do want to come back and talk about that. Um, this podcast is about innovation. And so um, I'm wondering if you can talk about this last year, a lot of um, learning has moved online. Um, and what has been your experience with online learning? Um, because I had that previous experience at the, at the end of the winter semester last year, I felt like I was pretty well adapted to it um, by the beginning of the fall semester in 2020. And also because I had been working with the Students Association over the summer and we had to do everything online. So yeah, I was I was actually looking forward to it and I was excited. I was I was very happy because I was actually going to 
see the faces of my classmates <laughs> because I had not seen a lot of people over the summer. And although I definitely took advantage of the beautiful landscapes Canada has and going camping, with, which was something that I had also not experienced in the past. It was um, summer 2020 was my first time uh, cam going camping ever in my life. And it was beautiful. Um, it, it was it was wonderful. So once, well, once school started, again, I was, I was very optimistic. Um, I was definitely looking forward to it. I really like school. It's like my safe place. I really like learning. And uh, again, I was going to continue my path in something that I'm really passionate about. Now, what are some of the innovative things that your instructors have done uh, with online learning? <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's been as tough for them as it's been for us. So, so one thing that is very particular or peculiar of my program and environmental science programs is uh, the fact that we have field trips. So yes, we were definitely sad because we were not going to experience them and it's really the best part of the year uh, because we get to know each other on a different level and we're actually experiencing nature. Um, but I, I was surprised on how well our instructors adapted those field trips to online versions of them. So um, for some of my courses, like for example, uh, fishery science, uh, we had to learn how to uh, age fish scales and other parts of um, of a fish, so fins, um, different bones. Um, uh, well, they have a funny name, so <laughs> I'm not gonna dig into it, but uh, different parts of a fish bodies and, and how to how to figure out how wh what their age uh, was when they were caught. And uh, another one that I really enjoyed was not necessarily f a field trip activity, but it was part of experiential learning. And that was a deer necropsy that um, we were able to experience online uh, at my um, in my uh, wildlife biology course. So it was it, it was nice. It was fun actually. I, I really enjoy that one part. Um, <laughs> my instructor kept mentioning that we were very lucky that we were actually experiencing that from the other side of the screen because we were not gonna have all those beautiful smells on our faces from a dead deer. <laughs> so uh, that was- so there's some perks <laughs> to that online experience. Yeah, <laughs> I guess we were lucky um, in that sense, but I do, I do miss it. I'm not, I don't wanna sugarcoat it. I do miss it. Um, it's different, but uh, yeah, it, it is what it is. and and they've done a great job. I'm, I'm, I'm very happy and they've been very understanding. They've been amazingly uh, flexible and, and I guess it's been both ways actually. I feel like our empathy has grown so much out of because of the pandemic as well. So I appreciate that and I'm pretty sure they do as well. <laughs> That's another 
positive really that you point out is that, yeah, people's empathy has grown because our experiences have been shared and, and changed. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, you are, well, you were currently vice president of the Lethbridge College Student Association, but I understand that you are now the newly minted president of the (laughs) Lethbridge College Student Association. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Yeah, it was uh, a huge step. I was actually thinking of running for the vice president of student life again, but at some point, I guess I wanted to challenge myself a little more. So I said, why not? You know, let's do it. (laughs) Now, I do want to talk about some of the exciting projects that you've been working on in your role in the past year. Um, But before I do that, is this type of involvement something that you have always done as you've progressed through your um, schooling, both in Mexico and in the United States? Yeah, I was not as heavily involved with student politics, I guess, even back home. So there was um, a little bit of an of experience. So the municipal government um, back home published a student exchange uh, opportunity for high school students uh, in their junior and senior year so some some of the qualifications or requirements was uh, we had to be uh, under 18 years old Uh, we had to have a valid um, American visa and be able to speak English so I was actually still studying um, English I was taking private English courses and um, we were notified that the municipal government was doing this and I I thought it was a you know a great chance to um, experience new things so it was an invitation from a sister city that uh, my hometown had so it was was a four-day celebration to to visit the city of uh, Laredo Texas and um, students were invited to experience that and, and you know just develop a bond with with other students from from Laredo so it was it was great and after that we had the chance to um, start a youth committee uh, in my hometown so I I guess so far that was one of the uh, keystones maybe of of why um, I I I wanted to do more student involvement and engagement as international as an international student, I, I definitely wanted to become more involved with Canadian culture in general. And because I was so focused with school, I felt like it was about time for me to take a step and, and do different things and engage more with uh, the Lethbridge College student community. So um, being part of the student association seemed like a good chance to do it. And I had already been at the college for almost a year now. So I was, I felt like I, I was adapted to how to balance my life, I guess, uh, with academics and, and, and interacting with other students. So that's pretty much why I did it. <laughs> I understand that you recently planned a celebration for International Women's Day. What was that like? 
So part of the role of the vice president of student life is creating events, trying to be engaged with the students uh, as much as possible in the best way we can, you know, really have fun and, 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 and doing a cultural awareness, um, uh, bringing mental health awareness as well. And, uh, you know, all that fun part of college life, right? Um, so I guess one of the things that really stand out, um, at least for women um, in my country uh, compared to, to Canada, and, um, is the fact that there are so many women in professional areas and, and things that I have not seen in my country. And I've, I've been so inspired by them and how passionate they are about their field. So I thought that was, this was a great opportunity to, I guess, kind of sort of make a bridge uh, between female students and, and, and young women, girls um, that are, are trying to figure out or are still thinking about doing something for their professional lives or careers and so I thought to myself maybe this the International Women's Day could be a huge opportunity to to learn from those amazing women we have at the college and be inspired by them and, and hear from them how has it been like to be in that professional professional field that they belong to and if there's any advice that they would give uh, to women and and maybe there's a message that they could give out uh, so that those young girls or those women don't give up on the things that they want to do to not give up in their to not give up on their dreams right so I guess that was the main reason and again I've I am very inspired by them and and by actually the other executives as well I am I am amazed and and yeah. <laughs> and how did you uh, share those messages from the women um, with, with others? You know, everything starts with an idea, right? So once I had a clear vision of how this thing was going to look like, this initiative was going to look like, I mentioned it to other LCSA staff, to my fellow executives, and, and they thought it was great. I, I gave them that proposal. Um, I tried to explain the best way I could and how things were going to look like. So eventually I spoke to the rest of the student council uh, members. Um, they were all in. They supported me so much. And um, yeah, so f first thing, uh, we started narrowing, narrowing it down. Um, to the academic departments because I know we have amazing uh, women professionals at the Lethbridge College, but because of timelines, we were probably not gonna be able to have as many participants as we wanted. So we wanted to focus it to instructors and, and um, people from uh, the college Kodiaks as well and um, the executive leadership team. So, um, once we once I built up that message to to give out to them, 
we just started contacting them. So the most effective way we were able to get some nominees was uh, publishing really a nomination message through the Connections newsletter that is sent uh, regularly to LC staff and LC faculty. So um, it, it was it was actually pretty positive. I, I started getting so many responses. There were, um, there were many, um, people and, uh, many, you know, fellow co-workers, most of them were women nominating, uh, these amazing women that inspire them every day and that are so key in their, in their areas. So, yeah, I, we, you know, we started getting all these responses. Um, some of them were also nominated by students. So that was amazing that, you know, things are actually, we're, we're going, there were, it, it was moving forward. So that was very exciting. And, and, and yeah, uh, we, we started um, collecting all those messages. Um, some of them were uh, typing down through email or a Word document with, along with their photos. And uh, other our participants decided to record a short video of themselves and, and share their, their advice, their messages that uh, would be of help to, to young women in, uh, and, and female students. So that was great. And uh, throughout March 8th and March 12th, uh, those messages and, and recordings were uh, shared to our um, uh, Lethbridge College community, mainly through social media. So it was, there was huge positive feedback and it, it was, it was great. I was very happy. That feeling of seeing an initiative of a project culminating and, and, and you know, having, having results is it's a huge feeling of bliss and, and excitement and success. I don't know how to describe it, but I, I was very happy with the results. So another project that I've had uh, behind the scenes that it's been ongoing for a few months now is an organic waste recycling system project. So I have been lucky enough to be part of the agent program, which stands for agricultural entrepreneurship uh, within the college. It's an extracurricular program that uh, the college offers and it's based on innovation. And um, it focuses a lot on how we can do better the things that we already do. It's, it's, it's great and how to you know, step out of the comfort zone for doing uh, new things. So again, I was fortunate enough to do a little bit of networking with uh, some college staff. And uh, right now, actually today, I met up with uh, one of the people that are um, supporting this idea. And uh, it seems like it's, it's, it's coming along. And uh, eventually, well, this is more of a pitch project right now. Um, we want to see how it works on a small scale and eventually move it on to a larger scale so so cover the whole college and and I'm, I'm i'm really hoping i'm dreaming that this would become a reality i know that the culinary students have been wanting to do this as well because 
you know why not it's with we're we're taking advantage of the things that nature produces and we're putting things back in nature and uh, it's there's there's really no cons in this so so yeah why not <laughs> those those sound like amazing projects that are going to have huge benefits and they also fit with your program that you're studying for students that are interested in getting involved what is the best way for them to do that uh so <laughs> it, it's like everything lines up so <laughs> thank you for asking and we're hoping that we can send out a message or an invitation really to have more students involved. Right now we have the Students Association involved and uh, some people at Agent uh, and some some other students uh, that work at ACE. Uh, so the Agriculture Center, hopefully in the fall. Uh, we will have more students uh, uh, partaking in this because right now we're just taking um, a con containers with organic waste to the agriculture center for from time to time. And again, we we have not um, implemented this in a large scale yet. One because of COVID and and still because we're 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 like in phase one of the project. But eventually, we hope to send out an invitation and have more students involved as well and, and create a, a positive change in, in something like this, which is organic recycling. That's wonderful. Um, Edna, it's been fantastic talking to you today. And uh, you actually are really very inspiring um, with all of the things that you're doing, all your projects and your initiatives. Um, you know, I don't know if you realize, but uh, I think many students as well as many women will find all of your work very inspiring. So I've really enjoyed hearing about your experiences at the college and the projects that you're working on. Thank you. It's, believe me, it's been my pleasure. And <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I just really enjoy doing these things and hopefully it does inspire other people to do or to pursue things that they really want to do. So thank you again. It's been great being here. Thank you for having me. So as a wrap up for each show, we asked, we ask our guests what they uh, might recommend or something that they've enjoyed learning recently. And you're so busy. So I, I'm curious to know what spare time you could possibly have to be doing something new or learning something new, but I shall ask the question anyways. Well, I am busy a, a little bit, <laughs> but I guess something new that I tried over the pandemic was baking. I was never really into baking. I really like cooking. I enjoy it a lot. That's It's like my a way to pamper myself I don't know but it's some it's also something relaxing it helps me meditate other things that are going on in my life so probably baking wonderful that's perfect we'll go with that this episode featured Donna McLaughlin as host and Edna Stubshinsky as guest Mike Smith was our producer Ryan Robinson was our sound technician and editor 
Thank you also to Darrow Benebeck, Joel Godry, Kelsey Jansen, Jude Bialik, and Tyler Wall for their ongoing support and expertise. Our podcast is funded by Lethbridge College's Centre for Teaching, Learning and Innovation and recorded on the traditional lands of the Blackfoot Confederacy. For more inspiration and information, check out learninginnovation.ca.